Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. It is 135 at Edmonton Royal Pizza. Pizza, pasta, and so much more. And in the month of December, at all Edmonton Royal Pizza locations, Royal Pizza is supporting 630 Chad's Santa's Anonymous with boxes where you can drop off various items. That's at all Edmonton locations for Royal Pizza. They also have the Festive Special, which is a $50 gift card with a $10 bonus and uh, can be deployed in the months of January and February. Now, a reminder, Royal Pizza, where everything is real, they've got 15 Edmonton and area locations, and you can go online and visit royalpizza.ca. Again, proud to be supporting 630 Cheds. Santa's Anonymous. We did trivia for St. Albert's Source for Sports. Uh, just before we went to break, Brendan Escott, this was a relatively easy one. Um, but I remember when the trade was made, the Vancouver Canucks got a lot of criticism. Uh, Zach Cassian was traded to the Vancouver Canucks. Cassian was the 13th overall pick in the 2009 draft for which player? And, Brendan, the correct answer was? Cody Hodgson, former Brampton Battalion, if I'm not mistaken. You got her. Yep. Big time star and junior. And uh, I think he had some back issues. He wasn't an explosive skater. Uh, and Hodson was the 10th overall pick in the 2008 NHL entry draft. He played uh, parts of four seasons with Buffalo. His last year there was in 14-15 when he just had six goals in 78 games and went minus 28. Uh, he ended up getting bought out in Buffalo. That was right around the time that Buffalo was trying to come in uh, dead last to get Connor McDavid in the draft. And then the Oilers went and won the lottery with a lucky Bill Scott. He uh, got bought out in Buffalo. Nashville signed him, and his career was over after the 15-16 season. All right, uh, we are going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show from the cult of hockey, David Staples. David, speaking of Zach Cassian, and we all understood why the trade was made, but do the Edmonton Oilers miss a bit of what Cassian brought? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do they ever, Bob? Yeah. I mean, he didn't bring it so much in recent years. And I think if he had brought it more regularly, he'd still be here. Uh, but, yeah, you know, if you could get a younger version of Zach Cassian in your lineup, you know, the way he played in the San Jose uh, playoffs in uh, 2017, is, is it's indelibly etched in everybody's mind. I can't remember who he blew up on the boards. Was it Logan Couture? He got Logan once because Logan oh, was God. livid. He was oh, What a hit. He'd be suspended today for that hit, um, yeah. definitely. But he, you know, he was he was electric, and he, and he, I'm sure, going on the ice with a player like that at your side was a very warming feeling for any Edmonton Oilers player. And yeah, so there's there's just it's become apparent to everyone watching the team that there's two or three guys in the bottom end of the roster who just like what are they doing? What was McTavish's famous line, you know, you know, make sure you do something, have some impact on the game. And there's there's players who just are not doing that at forward right now. And um, you know, a particular impact would would be physical play and yeah. who, who's bringing it. I mean, Hyman was out of the lineup the other night and there was no one. You know, Hyman doesn't particularly smash through people, but he's a physical player and so who's brings a physical element if if you you know, right now. That's the that's my question. Well, and I I I'm here to tell you like and we've had this discussion point and people have been very active on the Ashley Fine Floors text line because they're concerned with where the orders are at, 14 and 12. Let's not forget last year they went 16 and 5 and then they went 2 
11 and 2. So they were 18, 16 and 2 at one point. Um, it is interesting, you know. At, at the end of the day, you sit there and look at it, and you're, you're kind of you're, you're kind of wondering. Well, you, I, I th- we all know the team has not performed at an optimal level, and they're down some forwards. But the Maple Leafs are—I don't know how many they. Are, I think they're undefeated in 14 games or something like that, and they're down three of their top four defensemen. So they're finding a way. But the lack of identity with some of the players. Now, David, I got to ask you this because you monitor these sort of things. Where are we at with Jesse Pogliarvi in the marketplace here? And I'm, you know, at the end of the day, if you had told me that Pogliarvi, Yamamoto, who had 20 goals last year, and Dylan Holloway would be sitting with two combined goals through the first 26 games of the season, I would have said, come on. I mean, I, I, I certainly thought Pogliarvi would have been, you know, a 20 goal scorer this year. It hasn't come to fruition. He is dash 12 right now. I don't, I, I don't always read too much into that. He doesn't kill penalties. I know there's people that think he's the best defensive forward because that's what the metrics say. Where are you at? Where, like, where are you? First of all, from your own personal perspective, what do you see with Paul Yarvey? And do you think the fan base is starting to swing a bit, especially given a $3 million price point? Well, um, it, it's funny because he uh, two games ago, I think it's Montreal, he has eight hits. And led the team with eight hits, and it's like, hey, he's figuring, he's figuring it out. He's finding a way to contribute to the team um, by even if he's not, even if he's lost his confidence as an attacker, which which has happened. It's been almost a year now, right? That he's he's been in a slump in terms of scoring, which is a really long time, and makes you wonder if he's ever going to get out of it. But um, you know, I, I think there's always been the hope. He's a big, tall, lanky guy, and sometimes who had who's who's shown he's got some skill, maybe a high level of skill at the uh, earlier levels. So there's always that hope that you're going to have this kind of late surge with that kind of player. Like, um, you know, the best example, the best modern-day example is Tage Thompson, you know, which is an extreme example that Nikushkin's been mentioned. Nikushkin, I think, is a Yeah, Nikushkin's been mentioned. You know, Tage Thompson, just as recently as two or three years ago, wasn't much of a point-getter. And suddenly it, it all came together for this great big guy. So there's always been that hope in the back of everybody's mind who's a Pulley RV booster, and I'm in that camp, that suddenly he's going to get it offensively and become this guy who scores 25 goals. Um, so we're still waiting, and it still could happen, but it, it, it seems less likely. So he, in the meantime, he's got to figure out a way to fit in. And so on Saturday night, hey, it looked like he got it. And then on Monday night, um, it looked like, it looked like he was, I don't know, like he just was missing his hits. It was almost like punch drunk, like he was wobbling around, missing his hits, falling down all the time. It was like the pulley RV we've seen previously. So I think he is trying to figure out a game that can help his team when he's not scoring, but he's inconsistent at that. And and so his name, you know, with all these Eric Carlson rumors coming up recently in the last day since Darren Dreger mentioned it. Um, Which Mark Spector, by the way, has stated 100% is not happening. There you go. So uh, people were mentioning Pugliarvi's name with it in there. And instead of having some reaction, like I didn't have any reaction, well, you couldn't move him, like that would be a mistake. It was like, oh, yeah. That makes sense. So that's where I'm at with Pugliarvi, and I think that's where a lot of people um, who have been uh, boosters of Pugliarvi, I, I don't think he's as bad as his goals plus minus, his official goals plus minus. I think he's actually he's 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 kind of okay-ish as a two-way player. Okay. He he doesn't give up a lot uh, defensively. He and he finds and he and through physical play, he does often find a way to contribute on the attack. 
you know, popping pucks, screening the goalie. He's 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 good at screening the goalie, and um, but he's he's just he's not a three million dollar a year player, and so that you know, what are you going to do this coming season? You know, would you even qualify? Like you know, he he would not be qualified if he doesn't start scoring scoring goals. So it's if he's mentioned in a trade, I think a lot of fans who would be loath to have seen him gone in the past would be okay with it now. I will tell you that a year ago when he put up ten, thirteen, twenty three in the first twenty eight games. I thought we were looking at a four to five million dollar player. Okay, yeah. I don't know what the hell happened. Like, part of me thought, okay, maybe it was COVID, and then he had the lower body issue and missed missed a month. But he was the one guy who did not improve under Jay Woodcroft. He did not improve under Jay, and I thought there'd be a bounce back at the start of this year, and it just hasn't come to fruition with him. Uh, now I was concerned in the first quarter to the first half of last year at Yamamoto, and then he picked it up in the second half and ended up scoring twenty goals. I don't, and, and, and in Yamamoto's case, I don't think he's ever been right since he got the whiplash hit from Gabriel Aniskog. But I guess if I'm going to say that about Yamamoto, maybe I got to look at Poliarvi and say, you know, maybe something's been missing there too. That I, he, he just hasn't come close to being the same player. And the puck skills concern me. Um, so, and, and you know what? The minus 12 for him, the minus 12 for Bouchard. It's funny. Some of the people that are the most critical, David, of Bouchard, have been the most supportive of Poliarvi. And, and and I'll be frank, I have a lot of time for Bouchard. I think the Oilers just have to ride their way through it with, with him. But I'm kind of like you. I'm at the stage with Jesse because he's 24 here. He's going to be difficult to qualify if he doesn't start producing at all. You know what I'm saying? And I think Bouchard's minus 12 is, is really misleading. I think actually, I mean, he has been in a defensive slump, and he and he had that, that play, which I honestly, you know, if I was going to bench someone, I would have benched Kulak. I wouldn't have benched anyone after that play. Like, the whole team was rancid. It was one of the, it was, Bob, the game against Washington, I thought, was in many ways the Oilers' worst game of the year, even though it was 3-2 because of yes. Stuart Skinner. The Oilers just, it was a horrible team moment. Could have maybe too much travel plays into it. But I, I didn't like to see the player benched. And I, and I thought, you know, Kulak gives over, gives, uh, the, turns over the puck. When, when he's, you know, everyone's expecting him to get the puck deep. He turns it over because it c- comes off his stick. And then Bouchard suddenly caught in. It's a breakaway. It's, it's not, that breakaway is not his fault. It's on Kulak. So he, he sees the player and he thinks the player is going to bring it a, a, across the ice. So he dives to, to, to stop that play, which actually helps the goalie because now that player in some ways can't take it across to that side of the net. He's limited in his moves. So it's just a split second decision by the defenseman who I don't think to blame was, on, was to blame on the breakaway. So I don't, I don't get that move. Um, maybe there's things that I don't know, but I, I think Bouchard, he's been in a defensive slump. Um, he, I thought he was coming out of it. I thought he was starting to play a bit more physical, making better reads, getting on the right side of the players, all that kind of good stuff, fundamental stuff. But, he, but he's had, you know, he's had some bad plays. But I, I really think he's, I think he's played as well as he's ever played moving the puck this year. He's been really good moving the puck. And there's been, he had a good period defensively at the start of the year. He's been in a defensive slump since then. He'll, he will come out of it. And, and, you know, the thing I don't like about the Carlson, and I didn't hear Specs thing that this is not happening. The thing I, the one thing I really didn't like about it was that if you bring in Carlson, where does that leave Bouchard? Are you, I mean, are you giving up on him as your top power play guy? Bringing, so he's, he said they're not bringing <laughs> okay, all right, he's, he's killed that. I like that. I like the Edmondson rumors a lot more than I like the Carlson rumors personally. But, um, you know, I, I, it, they're all just rumors. And, and hey, look, for full disclosure here, you know, I was the guy, there were people saying, pop the brakes on Dylan Holloway at the start of the year. Okay? Yeah. And, and I, I saw what Dylan did in 
the Penticton tournament and early in preseason, but within two games he was moved off of a top nine role, and then he was fighting to stay in and out of the lineup, knowing fully well that there was people in the Oilers organization that felt he needed to uh, get some more time down in Bakersfield, which is a fair perspective to have. My point was based, I mean, he can only play against who he played against, and he played better. He was more dominant in Penticton than any other Oilers player that was there as a 19 or 20-year-old over the years, okay? And he was really good in the first three preseason games that he played. Then they moved him around. They moved him up. Well, what does he do? First game, the NHL regular season, first puck touch goes the other way uh, for a goal against the... Uh, and he doesn't get bailed out. The four or five times he's made mistakes, Holloway, the pucks ended up in the net on him. I wish he'd shoot more. I think he's overthinking it. But I was the guy that said, you know, I went after the pump the brakes crowd and say there's a positive story here with Holloway, and I'll be the first to admit. I, I would have thought he would have been further along based on, on, on how – and this – I wouldn't have thought this way if he was 18, but he was 20, right, getting through that wrist surgery the last two years. We've talked about Pugliarvi, Yamamoto coming back from an injury. Are you a little surprised that Holloway hasn't had more productivity to date? I am surprised, and there, there's been I've seen uh, increasingly good moments from Holloway and Philip Broberg in the last. They, they uh, to me in the last uh, since Broberg's come up and Holloway uh, in the last two weeks, uh, they've both been getting better incrementally every game. Uh, Broberg's really he was he was actually one of the players against Washington. I thought won most of his battles, uh, which was a rare thing that night. And Holloway is showing real. He's got some real confidence with the puck. He could obviously make plays. Um, I think it was you either on the show or on TV who made the point if um, he can make plays maybe put him with some other players who can really make plays because sometimes his pass, passes nice passes nice plays are wasted on players who can't finish or who can't to combine with him so I would like to see him uh, get a bit of a push as well I, I, I you know he just got off to such a rocky start and he he made some defensive mistakes but uh, that's not unusual for a young young uh, forward you live with that and, and you keep going with them and, and especially after Kane went out you know he he did get a bump I think one game and he didn't do it but it's very quick the leash is pretty short with that guy I'm not sure why I, I think he's got tremendous skill um, well he's also had bad, level. he's had bad luck like he played with McLeod they had the big game against the Rangers and then McLeod gets knocked down a lineup with a lower body issue in a yeah. game in which McLeod had three assists you know so and Holloway scored his first and only NHL goal hey David final yeah. one for you uh, Bill Armstrong in town with Arizona Jacob Chikrin's here we had Sarah Volley on yesterday spec on today I threw a scenario out would you do Broberg a number one maybe pull Yarvey to make the money work um, and and maybe a, a, a B-grade prospect uh, and Saravalli said Arizona won't do that and Speck said he wouldn't do that uh, from an Edmonton perspective would you do it? No, I would like to see what you have in Philip Broberg before you move him yeah. and I think we're starting to get an inkling of that he, he looks like a, 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 like he's not obviously a super physical player but if he's he's so he's tall he's rangy he's super agile and um, once he and it, as his confidence gets going he could be a player who both moves and defends really well and and Chikrin you know I I don't scout the teams necessary uh, enough to have a, like a valid opinion of, of his uh, value. But from what I have seen over the years and from what I hear, like some people in the Oilers organization not sold on him, that's kind of my take, you know, for what it's worth, is he's 
a bit of an erratic defenseman. And so I think I'd like to see where, where, where it goes with Philip Broberg, Philip Broberg, as he's calling Canada, um, and um, see if he can make it as an order. Because I, I, I see some real talent there, real potential. David, great stuff. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Bob. From the cult of hockey, David Staples, 151 in Edmonton. The boys at Brent Ridge Ford did such a great job selling their trucks and SUVs. They are in need of more. You can trade in your vehicle for an upgrade or sell it to them outright, whatever works best for you. Remember, if you order a 2023 truck from Brent Ridge Ford, your interest rate can be locked in as low as 3.99%. Call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang. Brent Ridge Ford. Your Ford truck authority on the auto mile in Wetaskiwin. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. 780-352-6058. We head to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Give the gift of travel. Join Oilers now in Vegas in January to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights. You can reach New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. Brendan Escott has one and then I have one. All right, 2010 we go when Ryan Jones and Dustin Penner scored for the Oilers, but ultimately they fall 3-2 in a shootout to the Anaheim Ducks and a memorable one at Rexall Place. Shootout lasting 10 rounds with the 20th shooter, Cam Fowler, finally ending it. Today is also the 46th birthday of Edmonton sporting icon, friend of the show, former heavyweight champion, George LaRock. Big personality and not the guy that you want running over you. In non-contact in the middle of the summer in 2008, when you're 42 years of age and about 25 pounds at that time uh, overweight. Not agile was the guy that George hit that day. So George got speared. But uh, nonetheless, uh, happy birthday to George. He's a big fella. He's got a big heart. And, uh, yeah, friend of the show. Who knows? Maybe we'll hear from him in the next couple days. We got the uh, Oilers and the Coyotes. Pre-game show tonight with Reed Wilkins and uh, Rob Brown and Jack Michaels and Cam Moon and myself, Brendan Escott, uh, beginning uh, with the face-off show at 6.05, puck drop at 7.30 tomorrow. Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeRuss for GCL Diesel. Up next, the global news weather traffic update. I'd like to apologize to Eileen Bell. I uh, uh, misnamed the the, uh, the last uh, newsreader. Eileen's got you covered here at uh, 2 o'clock, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. Then the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jayla and I. I'll rejoin you at 6.05 from Studio 99.